Is that, is that you guys? I, I would study for tests. Throw those lights back on for me there, Ryan. I would study for tests. I mean, and I had it nailed. And then I'd get a C at best sometimes. It was awful. It was a horrible. When I was in college, we had a, I went to a Baptist college. Well, not Baptist, but uh, settle down. Everybody, everybody's getting all tense. Uh, we're, we're just a non-denominational church. Don't, we're not going. Uh, but uh, I went to a Baptist college, and we had this class called uh, was it, Baptist History. And uh, the professor would make us learn. There was, it was a, a test that had one of six questions. You, you didn't know which question it was. And you had to study for all six questions. And in each question, you had to give 100 facts for each question. So you had to learn 600 facts for this one test to then give only 100. And the way he did it is he would say, he would, he would, everybody ready? Okay, everybody ready? Okay. And then he'd walk out the door and he'd catch some kid and he goes, hey, kid, give me a number between one and six. And the crowd, the class would just go crazy. Three, four. And the kid's like sweating and turning red. He's like, why are y'all yelling at me? And he's like, I don't know, five. And everybody's like, no, not five. Because most people would study like three, four, because it's so hard. So anyway, that was me, uh, the failure. It has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today. I just thought I'd share. Um, Anybody else have, have test anxiety? No? Oh. You were my professor in Baptist history is what it was. <laughs> I haven't been in that shoe, so I can't, I can't comment. So, um, so we are going to finish up this series called Stay Positive. Uh, again, this is not a, help, a self-help series, um, but we do need this, we, we, especially with all the negativity that we've had, that we have in our world, and really especially with the election and everything going on, there's not a lot of positive things that people are saying, right? Um, and today, I want to look even, we've looked at kind of the world and how we need to stay positive and the, the kind of deflect or reflect the the things that the world throws at us, but today I want to talk about us. I want to talk about ourselves, um, because maybe you're like me, uh, and you're uncertain about your abilities, right? Um, maybe you're unsure about the future, which, if you really think about it, how can you not be, because nobody can be sure about the future, but maybe that gives you anxiety. Uh, maybe you feel inadequate about your employment, whatever you do. Uh, you're insecure around others. Uh, maybe as a parent, a, a leader, you, you just lack confidence, right? Um, and so today, I want to I talk about that. A, a lot of times what we do is we do self-talk. Y'all, y'all ever do self-talk? Um, y'all remember, you know, did anybody watch the Olympics? Anybody watch the Women's Gymnastics Olympics when it was on? Y'all remember that girl, uh, what was her name, Lori Hernandez? There was this one moment where she's about to get up on the beam. Go ahead and play that uh, for me, Ryan. And she goes, look, see if you can see what she says here. I got this, right? I got this. And then she gets up on the beam, and that's where I would have lost it, right there, right? I'd have been like, nope, I'm done, I'm out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> throwing myself up, probably not. <laughs> But 
but you know, so she's like motivating herself, self-talk. That I, I, that's good self-talk, I guess. But my self-talk is kind of more like, don't don't blow this, Jason. You know, don't don't screw this up. Or, or sometimes maybe your self-talk is is a little bit more towards the negative side. It's like, oh, I shouldn't even try this. This is not good. Or um, maybe it's even worse, and and you, you're like. I'm never going to make this. I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm not, and, you just, and you're just all pent up inside. Um, now, the, the natural sinful reaction, I guess, is to compensate by acting confident, right? And, and you can't really act confident. You, you really, it really comes off as cocky or, or arrogant. I was, um, we were out at the ball field yesterday, and... Uh, Ty lost his game horribly again, run ruled once again. This is football, and there's not even, it's not baseball, it's run, but they're still run ruled. It's that bad. So we were done early, and a bunch of the kids from his class, we didn't even know that they were on this team until we first started in the league, but they were playing at the same time, so we walked over to watch them. And uh, their coach, you know, that stereotypical win-at-all-cost coach, and you can tell, like, as a, as a counselor, I kind of look at that and I go, that's fascinating. What was your childhood like, bro? You know, and I just want to go up to him and say, what, tell me about your father. Tell me about your mom. You know, that kind of thing. And uh, I'm just watching him, and poor uh, one of the kids in his class had not gone into the game. And somebody asked, they said, hey, one of the other kids, one of their teammates said, hey, are you going to put... You're going to put Sawyer in. He's standing right there next to him. He goes, no, we're in it to win. I don't want to lose this game. It's like, oh, my gosh, dude. And poor Sawyer, he's just holding it in until the very end of the game, and he just finally lost it and walks off. And you look and you see, like, so much insecurity there. Um, and insecurity comes out. It comes out in all different ways, uh, People pleasers, right? You know, you know, people pleasers. Maybe you're a people pleaser. I'm not looking at you, Jerry. You're not a people pleaser. Jerry's not a people pleaser. No, Jerry will let you know. No, uh, no. There's some people. I was, I was, uh, I was thinking about this. You know, I used to work for people who, not for people, but with people who were people pleasers. I was on a staff at a college. I was like, man, that's a great idea, boss. That's, that's great. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm sitting here going, that's a horrible idea. What do you, but now if I say that, oh, I'm the, I'm the Debbie Downer, right? I'm the bad guy. Oh, yeah. This is, and I'm like, no, no, your idea is going to fail. It's going to fail miserably. It's not good. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know, you have to kind of do it. And so there's all kinds of, I went to the, uh, to the vet. We got a, a, a puppy Monday. Yeah, yeah. Throw that puppy up there. You got to see this puppy. You ready? There's Tucker. Oh, yeah, he's a woodle, a little mini poodle Wheaton Terrier mix, but he looks like a schnauzer. So, um, he's got a little brown in him. Oh, he's so cute. What happened at Christmas? Um, we were looking for this woodle. We were looking, and they're very hard to find, and it was at a dog rescue, and I was scared he was going to get taken. So, we caved. I mean, there's no other need. I didn't make an excuse. So, Yeah. He's good. We'll have to get him and Chop together. He's feisty. He will take Chop down. So, anyway, 
So I take, the, I take uh, Tucker, I was calling him Roscoe, and they didn't like it, so uh, they named him Tucker. Uh, so Tucker to the vet, and we go into this little room, and the little vet's assistant girl comes in, and, and uh, she just goes crazy over Tucker. And she goes, oh, you're so cute. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you're so cute. You're so cute. Oh, my God. Oh, goodness. going to lick my face and all this. And I'm, I grew up with dogs, and they were always kind of outside dogs. And dog is a dog. Like, if the house is on fire, I'm going to get my kids before I go get the dog out of the kennel. I'm sorry, but my kids come first. I want to get the dog. You know, but like this girl was saying, and with all her actions, that I'm, I'm saving you before any other human in the planet, you know. She's like, oh my goodness. And I'm thinking, okay, she must really love dogs. First visit, right? It's that free visit. And uh, then the vet comes in. Same thing. Oh, you're so cute. Oh my goodness, you're so cute. I'm like, have you not seen a cute dog before? You're the vet, right? That kind of thing. And then I'm, and I'm sitting here, and they're just going on and on about the dog. I didn't go crazy. I thought the dog was cute, but I'm just like, okay, the dog's cute. I like him. Yeah, okay. And then I started thinking, oh, wait, this is a free visit. I bet they're just trying to do this to get me to come back, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe they really love the dog. He is super cute. Throw that picture back up there, Ryan. I mean, look at this dog. Yes, he's so cute. But... I don't know, it was just something in me that was like, man, you guys are kind of going overboard with my dog here. And uh, so, so it's a good vet, we'll go back. They didn't have to do all that, but I'm just like, you don't have to people please me, right? So there's, there's people please, then there's the fishers, right? People who are like throwing that, that, comp, that thing out there to get that compliment, right? Uh, hey man, what do you think of this selfie, right? You know, that's, that's put it on Facebook, right? And everybody's complimenting you and all that. You're like, yeah, all right. Um, I can't put a picture of my face on Facebook. I don't know why. It just seems unnatural to me. It's just like every, I always have like one eye closed. Ask leave, don't I? I always got, which one is it? Is this one? It's always one eye closed. And I mean, I might as well wear a patch or something. It's just weird. It's strange. And, and so, but, you know, look at this. Oh, I feel so blah today. No, you look great, right? Um, and there's, there's nothing wrong with, with, with that, but when you're, when you're doing it all the time, um, got the fishers, and then the one-uppers, and I'll admit, I readily admit to this, sometimes I do this, because like somebody will share a story, and then I want to share a story, and I'm not trying to one-up you, but, but then I start to feel like, maybe, oh, maybe I am, you know, that kind of thing, um, you know, I don't know, I read a chapter in the Bible, oh yeah, well, I read two in Hebrew, you know. That's not me. I don't want to do that. Um, or you, you, know, you know these people, right? Oh, my goodness. What is going on with them? I'm just kidding. They're bringing the wall of Jericho down. That's awesome. Should we beat on it? It fell. There we go. <laughs> Things just got weird for some of you. I'm sorry. Um, or no. Okay, so one-uppers, like the... the so you, you, sh- you share on Facebook, hey, we're on this weekend getaway or something like that. And then it's like, well, yeah, I spent three months in Australia or whatever, you know, or on this island. Uh, sometimes it's the opposite, right? Oh, I'm sick. I got the flu. Oh, man, I thought I had the flu one time, but it was this like unnamed disease. And, and then they didn't know what it was, but I, I overcame it. And then they named it after me, right? We don't run into 
those exaggerations, obviously. But the weirdest things can can trigger this lack of confidence that we that we have. We all got something, don't we? I mean, unless we're lying, we've got something that we're just not super confident in. Um, and let me be stereotypical, okay? I don't mean this demeaningly or offensively, and everybody's like, oh, this is not good. When Jason says this, this is not good, right? But when I say stereotypical, I mean not everybody, but you find this in a lot. Um, for women, it's it's appearance, right? And for men, it's, it's this this leadership, a lack of leadership in different areas of our lives. Um, and we base our self-worth, and this is, I, I love this thought, we base our self-worth on things that people that we don't even like say about us, right? We, and, and, and then we also base our self-worth on those things that they're saying even when we know that they're not true. And the tragedy is how often our insecurities will keep us from pushing forward or, and, and following God. And, you know, we feel like we need to move into a different career, and, but we don't interview for that job, right? Or we don't go back to school or we don't get further involved here in church. Um, for, for some of us in our past, it was that we, we didn't ask that girl out, right? So, I mean, we, we've got all kinds of stuff. Some, sometimes it's that we don't get in shape, right? And we need to get in shape. Now, when we do a biblical word study, and, and today we're going to kind of look at several different verses. Uh, I've told you all, I, I like to kind of stick in one place, but we're talking about confidence. And when you do a word study of the word confident, there's two types of confidence. Self-confidence, which the Bible um, really condemns, says, don't, don't buy this. And then God confidence, which is strongly, strongly encouraged. Um, so we don't need self-confidence. We should cultivate God confidence. And I want to talk about the God confidence today. Let me, let me talk briefly about the self-confidence. It's useless. It, it really is. I mean, you can pump yourself up like, like uh, Lori Hernandez, but otherwise, it's just, you're going to start dragging yourself down. And the only one that you're fooling is going to be yourself. We need to cultivate God confidence. Here's why. Self-confidence is almost always some sort of sin, right? It may be pride or lies to yourself um, or, or just you trusting in yourself more than you're trusting in God, right? We've all gone through either periods of our life or we live in that. Uh, so, so let me sum up all the the verses on self-confidence, um, and you can go and look, you can go to BibleGateway.com, uh, type in confidence, and it'll pop up a, just a ton of verses, and you can look up a bunch of these verses, but this is basically what it comes down to. The Bible says the re three reasons you shouldn't be focused on self-confidence, because your heart is deceitful, my heart is deceitful, my flesh is weak, and my behavior is inconsistent. My heart is deceitful, my flesh is weak, and my behavior is inconsistent. This describes me to a T. Hopefully it does you too, so I'm not alone up here on this island, right? And it's why David says, my heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. He's not confident in himself. And we talked about David last week in his life, right? 
He was following God as a shepherd boy, and then he started following his own desires. He should have been off at war, but instead he decided to take a stroll up on his roof. You got pornography going on, and then murder, and I mean, it's just bad. And he says his confidence is in him, and he rightfully does not trust himself. So I want to focus on this God confidence today. I want to give us three truths to help us cultivate God confidence. God confidence. The first one, my God is always for me. My God is always for me. Now this is us as Christ followers, okay? My God is always for me. Some people think that God is out to get us. And as a follower of Christ, no, he is not. He is for you. Romans 8, 31 and 32. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Now, we've heard that verse, right? But then he says this. He who did not spare his own son gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? So he's not going to do all of this for you, right? Jesus dies on a cross. He's raised from the grave. He sits at God's right hand. And then we, we trust him. We believe in him. We believe that. And then that's when God starts turning the screws and beating us down, right? That's not the way he works. He's for us. You are his child. And God also didn't put us in this life so that we can squeak by. I'm not going health wealth here, okay? I want everybody to understand this. But we are meant to reign with God, right? And so we're we're not playing to lose and just kind of walk through life and, oh, I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose. We're here to win, and not for us, but for for Christ. And we're here to see people know Jesus as Lord and Savior. We're here to see people run from sin, and from addiction, and from abuse, and from hatred, from the weight of this life, right? We're here, and we're playing to win our own hearts and minds to Christ every single day. And as Christ followers, we we do life for the approval of God out of the approval of God. Does that make sense? We do life for the approval of God out of the approval of God. So, you know, I know where a lot of us are and we're in all different types of situations. But maybe you want to get ahead financially. God's for you. He loves to see people get out of debt. It's such a reflection of his love for us and how he has pulled us out of sin. He wants to see you reconcile a broken relationship. He's for you in that. You feel God leading you to start a new business or something. He's for you in that. Maybe you're praying for a miracle in your family. God does miracles all the time, even today, still today. He is for you. And here's here's what we've been talking about the world a lot lately. I don't want you to get caught up and listen to the world tell you that you're silly for trusting God and finding your confidence in him. The reason that they're doing that 
is because they're actually jealous of the confidence that you have in Christ and they don't have it and they don't understand how you can because you're a Christian. How can you have that? Well, we of all people should have that. So don't listen to the world when they tell you you're silly or start beating you down. Hebrews 10.35 says, Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. This confident trust, the reward it brings you, is a relationship with Christ. That's the greatest thing we can ever have here on this earth. Money's nothing. Your car, your house, nothing. Your relationship with Christ is all you take with you. So number two, my God always helps me. My God always helps me. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And then, we've heard that verse, right? But then I love verse 6. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, helper, <laughs> helper, I will not be afraid. Right? You're looking to save your marriage. He will help you. You're trying to have, you've got to have a difficult conversation. He will help you. Trying to get out of debt. He will help you. You need strength to endure, faith to move on, peace to carry on. God will help you. He is our helper. And I know some of you are in a really hard time. And God is helping you now. We see it. We watch it. Psalm 46 one says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. He is your refuge, the one you go to that will take care of you and cover you. He is your strength when you are weak. He is your help. And then number three, God is still working in me. Now, this one resonates with me the most um, because I look back on my, my life or my day at the end of a day and I'm like, oh gosh, why did I say that? Why did I do that, right? Um, and I, and I, I get all these doubts and... Sometimes I'll get stuck in this sinful thought pattern of beating myself up, and then, then it makes me kind of want to, or not want to, but it makes me fall away from God just a little bit. You know, I've, I've said this a lot in our church. There's no plateau when you're in a relationship with Christ. You know, you hear people say, I'm just kind of in a rut. There's no rut. You're either growing with Christ or you're falling away from Christ. There's, there's no just coasting. But sometimes... I just feel like, oh my gosh, how could God use somebody like me? Does anybody else ever feel that way? Am I, anybody got courage to say, raise your hand? Okay, thank you. All right. Good, I'm not alone. Philippians 1.6 says this, being confident of this, that God who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So unless Jesus has returned and we missed it, which we haven't. He's still working in us. Um, I never, I always feel just so awkward up here. 
And I don't know if I look awkward. I review the tapes, and sometimes I'm like, I know what I'm thinking there, so I don't know. But I feel so awkward speaking, and I, and, and, and I just don't feel like I'm good enough to speak. And I, a lot of times, I don't feel like I'm worthy to have a wife, like, leave, right? I tell you all the time, I told you she was blind, right, when we were dating. She didn't see me. She didn't know. We just locked that in with a ring and got you married quick. And All right, we're good. How you doing, girl? And, and you know, I, I always feel like, like I'm, I'm failing at, at either church or, or home. Or, and I'm, oh. You know, and, and if you're, we, we have a church where we want to develop and cultivate family. And we're not trying to build a crowd that will not know one another, right? And I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing on big churches or mega churches or anything like that. Um, but we, we love our family feel. This is what we love. And, and when we grow large enough to where we're at a point to where somebody's been in our church for a month or two months and we don't know who they are, we ha- can't... We don't have the time to meet with them and hang out. We need to start a new church. That's our, that's our, our heart here. And so I look at our church sometimes and I think, I know we're on the right path where God wants us, but then sometimes I look out and all these other cool churches are doing all this cool stuff and they got these things that are shooting lasers and all that kind of crazy stuff. And I'm like, man, lasers will bring people in, right? And Oh, why can't we have lasers, you know? And I'm just like, that's not God confidence. And I look at our church, and we've been here 10 years, almost 10 years. And we've always been kind of small. And we always look back and go, how in the world did this church survive for 10 years? And it's because... I refuse to let us have confidence in ourselves because we will fail when we start to do that. We'll fail this, this family. We'll fail this neighborhood. And I just don't want us to have that, um, that confidence. I want us to be confident in God because of what he says about himself in his relationship with me, with us, with you. And that is that he helps me and he is for me, and he's still working in me. First, uh, excuse me, Colossians 1, 4 and 5. Uh, Paul is writing to the church at Colossae, and he says, For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. That's the kind of church I want to make sure we are. A church that, that ever since we came here, ever since you walked through these doors, we, we hear about Jesus dying on the cross, being raised from the dead. We believe that, and we refuse to let our hope in that be shaken in any way, shape, form, or fashion. You have had this expectation ever since you heard the truth of the good news. This is a, such a wonderful model for us that we just continue trusting God and knowing that 
He is for us, and He helps us, and He's working in us. I want this to be our church. I want this to be you personally. Um, and I want this to, to just, as we talked about last week, to just overflow from our hearts. I want people to be able to see this when they meet us, right? Laura and Mark at the Pels game, right? Leave when she meets people walking down a grocery aisle, right? Just saying hi. I want people to see this in us, this confident hope we have. And here's the thing. The world, they may say things against us, but then they're also following us around like our new little puppy dog because they want what we have. They know they need what we have. And they're going to try to follow us around and understand how to get it. And we need to share that with them. Share our hope in the good news that Jesus Christ died for our sins. And that he changed our hearts and our lives. And one day we will have a home with him in heaven. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for the fact that we can have hope in you. So hard to not have self-confidence. It's so hard to, to shut the thoughts off in our minds and in our hearts. And, and Father, we just ask that you will, through your Holy Spirit, teach us and show us and just change us from the inside out so that we can have more and more confidence that comes from you, that comes from what you have done in us and what you have done in this world and for every person who trusts in you. And so, Father, we ask that you would work in our hearts and change us from the inside out. And we ask this in Jesus' name.